Builders, it's your girl, Kansman at the Blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF Podcast. This is an episode about Black fatherhood, and it's named A Different Kind of Hood. And I have here with me KT of 1409 Podcast in the flesh. Well, not in the flesh, but I can see you. <laughs> I can see my flesh. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, just let them know, plug your stuff, and we can get started. What's up? It's KT. Uh, my name is Ken Turner, also known as KT on 1409 Podcast. You know, we bold, boisterous, and blunt over there. We do the interviews, interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs. That's the same thing, right? Entrepreneurs and business owners. It's a little different. I think an entrepreneur has more of a creative flair. Business owners, like, I don't know. I don't know. We got, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner? That's a whole nother topic, but then we interview, uh, uh, Creatives, like you said, notaries, things of that nature, Airbnb hosts, all of that, all type of things, you know what I'm saying? Musicians, and, you know, three times a week, four times a week, sometimes five times a week, we do the interviews, we do them on YouTube, we started doing them on Instagram as well, so you could look out for that, because we got to get some of them on out the way, and, you know, we have Gemini Media, it's a directory of podcasts, photographers, and videographers, you can catch that at, you can check that out at the Gemini Media. Very dope. Like, and all that stuff you just listed off, um, y'all, please tap into it because really, 1409, y'all are doing a great job of like introducing our community to all the possibilities of being a business owner or entrepreneur or creative. You know, y'all are covering all the bases of how you can be successful in your own way. And so really appreciate the work that you're doing. But along with that, I'm pretty sure, like, how is it juggling being so involved with Gemini Media, the podcast, the business on that side? And then you have, you know, your regular job and um, you're in school, aren't you? Yeah, I'm out for the summer, though. So that's a little something <laughs> on me right now. <laughs> right. I know that's right. Um, but on a regular basis, um, how do you juggle doing all of that and still being an active father? Um, because you do have kids. So let's, before I ask that question, which I already asked it, but let's talk about the ages of your kids and then we can, you can answer that question. How old are your children? All right. At the time of this recording, my children are two years old and five months old. Two five. years old and five months old. Two-year-old so, son, daughter. You said a, a two-year-old son and a five-month-old daughter. Yep. How do you juggle everything? Man, time management is key, man, because, you know, during the week, I got to go to work and shit like that. So in the morning, my morning consists of getting myself ready and I have to take my son to daycare, too, because my wife, she works from home. So we don't need her damn trying to damn sneak away from the computer and then go uh, take Jay in the daycare. So I'm taking daycare. I'm picking him up from daycare after work. Sometimes I get them ready. Sometimes she get them ready, too. So she does find time to get away from her computer because she goes to work like seven. 
And that's the time we're getting ready. I'm getting up at seven, getting my shower or whatever. Then I'm getting Jaden straight so we can go to daycare. That's what a normal work day consists of. You know what I'm saying? Then when I get home, uh, as soon as he get in the in the house, he want to get something to eat. He goes straight to the refrigerator and <laughs> get something to eat. So I try to figure out what he wants. He tries to tell me what he wants. He he can talk. He can talk a little bit now. So you know, tell me yeah. What. I had the uh, privilege of uh, being around you, know. you uh, when you were in Houston and to see the dynamic um, between having your children and uh, that whole setup that you had. So you, not only were you working, but you were also doing the, the family thing while you were out there. Um, and it's very dope to see, but I, I can see how that can be overwhelming real quick. To you, what does it mean to be a Black father? To be a black father, man, that's the foundation of your household, man. The father is the foundation of the household. So the black father is the foundation of the black household, you know what I'm saying? We down, I don't know, I'll I just say I, I, I pay like probably 90% of the bills, you know what I'm saying? But my wife, she knows she down. It's still 50-50, because we had to talk about that, because we had a discussion like that on the podcast. I was like 90-10, but then she broke it down. So it's really 50-50. She doing things in the house. She doing like most of the inside the house stuff, cooking, clean. I don't do no cooking unless it's down like once in a blue moon. If you grilling or something. Yeah, it's a grill out there I got for my birthday last year, or Father's Day last year. So I do that sometimes. But yeah, she does a, a lot of stuff around the house. So Black Fatherhood a black father is the pillar of the household, the foundation of the household. They make sure every, they make sure they the man of the house, you know what I'm saying? They got that, making sure shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Um, so I'm going to ask a question. And if I get too, you know, far in it, you can tell me you want to answer it, but I just thought about it. Um, what was your relationship like with your father? Well, my mother and father split before I was born. So I was made in Connecticut, but I was born in South Carolina. So not made. <laughs> yeah, I was made in Connecticut. <laughs> so that's that's where my father resides up in Connecticut. I would say I didn't see him too often. I probably saw him on average like every couple years or something like that. And we talk every now and then. I guess. I, I don't know. I guess he was out there doing his thing, and my mama said, hell no, I'm getting up out of here. I'm going back down south. And <laughs> by the time I was born, I was back in South Carolina. You know and the, my relationship with him is, like, I used to go up there during the summer. Like, I remember, like, summer 2001. No, not 2001. I went Christmas 2001, summer 2002, summer 2003, summer 2004. And then I didn't go back until like summer 2009. But during the like summers, 2002, 2003, 2004, I was in like basketball camp. Goddamn, they had me in basketball camp, all type of shit like that. So they had me active out there. He was like pretty like trying to get me to eat healthy and shit like that. I know we're going to get into that, but I'm jumping ahead. So let me know. No, 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 you're not. You're fine. Listen, the conversation goes where it goes. <laughs> I just have an outline. So I make sure I ask what needs to be asked with. You talk, and I will adjust. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of times he's supposed to come get me, but he'd always be late or, like, a day late or something like that. Sometimes he didn't come at all. So that was some of the stuff I had to deal with. How did that make you feel as a child or adolescent dealing with that? As a child, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <T. laughs> 
<laughs> I, I didn't say that out loud, but in my head, I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Why you ain't yeah. come get me? You know what I'm saying? So that's something I, I deal with as a child. Sometimes he didn't always come through. And growing up, to this day, sometimes he don't come through. But he cool, though. He a cool motherfucker, though. You know what I'm saying? He taught me some things. I'm pretty sure that's where you get a lot of your demeanor from. <laughs> um, Gemini, so then, you know. You said y'all both Gemini's? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing I, I do want to ask is, uh, like, do you feel like you had an emotional bond with your father or you have it? Because, well, of course, I don't have a, my father passed away. I still have a dad. But, um, he passed away a couple of years ago. And one thing I realized after um, his death was that we never had um, any conversations about emotions, about um, the things that were actually going on in my life that I could have used like some some old school wisdom and guidance with. Do you feel like you got that? And if you didn't, like, how do you think that translate into how you operate in life now? I say, like, most of the wisdom I got from him is, like, on the healthy tip, eat healthy, things like that. Stretching. He used to have me drinking, like, tea with no sugar in that motherfucker. Like, he was on some healthy shit. That's a black tea. Black tea, green tea, mint tea, ginger tea. So, I wasn't against it, though. I was fucking with it. He used to have me drinking ginseng, things like that, the little... You know, the little things they have in the... uh the shots. The little shots of ginseng. I was drinking that. So he's like more on the health, more on the woke. He's more like on the woke side. He's still more on the woke side. He send me like woke shit all the time. He like send him too much. I don't even look at all of them. It's, it's a lot of forward messages and things like that. Damn, am I answering the question? Nope. <laughs> look, I was going to let you finish and I was going to circle right there. <laughs> the question was, do you feel like you have an emotional bond with him? Like if you are going through something as in your specific uh, black fatherhood, if you are going through something, or even, even as a man, if you're going through something, can you rely on your father to be an emotional support system? I'm not really an emotional person. I I'm, uh, I have trouble showing emotion. I don't know what, what caused that, but he wasn't really like any emotional support either if I needed it. But I, I didn't really go to anybody for emotional support like ever. So um, that just- oh, I was gonna ask. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really emotional and I just deal with my emotions by like listening to music, things like that. So one thing I thought about um with myself and the fact that I like I struggle with vulnerability is I don't know, it, I don't think it was always that way. I'm a pretty strong person, I have always been, but because of my household and my upbringing, there was no space for my emotions. So I learned to self-regulate on my own and I did it in a way that was not healthy so much it was more of suppression do you think that's a possibility because you didn't have the space um as a child at least in that one area with your father that you could you just don't express because you don't you feel like you don't have the space for it i don't know what it is but i know i mentioned this to you before i haven't cried since i was 12 years old and i just mm-hmm. turned 29 the other day so i don't know what that means i just don't just nonchalant with things. I don't, I don't really be caring. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I haven't cried since I was twelve. So I don't know. Have if you it's ever? Or, have you ever had any man around you that you seen cry? Yeah, I seen some of my friends cry. Like they've been dealing with some shit, like some baby mama shit or some family shit. I saw them cry. Like I was right there when the shit was happening. And I saw them cry. So yeah. Okay. How do you think the world views uh, black fathers? 
That could go either way. I feel like a lot of people feel like black fathers are absent in in child's life, but is that really the black man's fault? There's like, you think about it, during slavery, they damn wanted the black man out of the household. They're trying to ruin the black family since damn slavery days. And <laughs> yeah, once slavery ended, you know what I'm saying? That damn sent, sending black people to prison for things they may or may have not done or giving them like o- overly excessive sentences. They taking the black man out of the household right there, black family. So it's been the black father. They've been trying to destroy the black father for Generations, mm. yeah, but I agree. <laughs> there's good, good black fathers out there. You know what I'm saying? They they just need to bring more exposure to the good black fathers, and not just the black fathers that are not there for their children. Right. Um, I love that answer. Uh, I did a black men self care episode a while back, and one of the the things that I was asked by the guest was. Um, is it, you know, what is it about, you know, uh, men being afraid to, you know, express emotions and stuff like that? If we're saying that black men aren't in the household, then that that leaves women. And so are women to blame? And so one thing I thought about is like, well, it's not either's fault. It's systemic. Because like you said, removing black men from the household has been something that's been going on for generations, whether it be slavery or, you know, like you said, the the prison, you know, the school to prison pipeline. Um, generations of families have been affected by having that figurehead just wiped out, you know, and, and now women, you know, having to try to play both parents and we just can't, you know, we're not able to provide to a child what a father is, especially a black father. So I do agree with you on that one. So what? if you have your father in your life or you you if you listen to this and you are a mother and your kid's father is in their life and they right there, would you cherish that shit? Because I've done some things, you know what I'm saying, that I could have lost everything, but I'm working through that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> listen, I mean, we we've all been to a space where I think the important thing about parents, but it's specifically a lot of black fathers, too, is you're human. And with my own black father, I had to be honest about the way that he was parented affected me. So his father, how did his grandfather, how did my grandfather affect the way that I was being parented by my father? And because he had a father who wasn't um, on the job like he needed to be, (laughs) then my father had to learn through trial and error, which means that he made some mistakes, but that he did his best. So that's just being honest with the fact that we're all going to make mistakes in whatever position we play in a child's life, but we just have to, you know, try to continuously get better. Most definitely got to get better. Like There's no need to go backwards, just continue going forward. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the job is of a father? I know you job. touched on a little bit beginning, but I'll ask a little differently. And the job of a father is to raise raise those children help raise those children don't don't leave everything on the mother i find myself like i know i said my wife she does a lot of things around the house but i I find myself not helping a lot 
giving kids baths and things like that. But she brought it to my attention one day, and I thought to myself, I'm going to fix that. So I'm I'm actively giving both the kids baths. Or sometimes I'm giving both of them baths the same night, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. need to be out there raising the kids, you know, helping them learn, showing them the alphabets, teaching them shapes. You know, my son's learning alphabet shapes, things of that nature, colors. So I'm out there encouraging them to keep keep learning because I'm like, yeah, that's red. Yeah, that's blue. Yeah, that's a circle. So mm-hmm. being there for your kids, helping them when they need it the most, you know what I'm saying? Financially and in person, you know what I'm saying? Emotionally, financially, all of that. Yeah. Um, I love that because a lot of uh, men will, in my opinion, resort to being that financial support system and they forget to actually be present in the household. So the fact that your partner could come to you and say, hey, I need you to show up a little bit more and for you to self-reflect and and realize that you needed to is amazing because a lot of kids don't have that. A lot of kids have, you know, a a household that is traditional where the the man goes, he makes the money and the woman stays home and, and she actually is the one that is involved in the development of the children. You just switched it up with me. <laughs> yeah, I forgot my background on that. Look, and I was like, I was sitting here like, I don't know why the screen looked different, but yeah, you didn't have your background on. Um, do you think that it was hard for you to make that connection, that realization that you needed to be involved on that different level, like challenging those like traditional gender roles? Because that's really what it is. Yeah, I, I probably could say that I feel like it was a gender role, but I, once once it brought to my attention and I was fucking up on other things, I was like, let me go ahead and get my shit together, help out more, because I don't want no smoke. Because <laughs> <laughs> she will bring the smoke. I know that's right. <laughs> so do you think Black fathers have a different kind of responsibility than other fathers of the world? And why? Or why not? The responsibility they have that others don't have is to not fit that stereotype, defy the stereotype that is put out there that black fathers aren't there. They're going to leave. They're just going to be a lot of baby mama, baby daddy drama, shit like that. Nothing against no baby mama, baby daddy shit, but just like defy the stereotype that they're not present. They're not doing anything for their kids or they may just financial be present physically and financially and emotionally. I'm not an emotional person, but I'm there emotionally for my kids. If they need to be held, I'm going to hold them. Things of that nature. Mm-hmm. How is that experience with you not feeling like you're you're emotional? I just think that when we say we're not emotional people, that means we don't express it outwardly. So how is that experience with dealing with kids who, you know, they're going to tell you if they're upset. They're going to show you if they're upset. How, how has that been? And has it taught you anything about yourself? I mean, I, for example, what happened before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, my son, he was trying to come in, in the room right here where I was recording. He was he's beating on the door and everything. So he had to push it back a little bit so I can get him straight. He was really just sleepy. So I took about 15 minutes, put him to sleep, put him down. Now we are all good. So I just, just making sure that they're comfortable, make sure they, they get what they, they need. Cause he needed he needed something. I know he was just he's just trying to get to me. He just wanted me to pick him up and hold him. So I ended up putting him to sleep. I realized he was sleepy. So yeah, 
You mentioned uh, the word you used before was separation anxiety. And that was so powerful to me because um, that's where things start to develop is in your childhood when you start to learn how to have anxiety or how to regulate your emotions. So the fact that you can use that terminology and then give your child what he needed in that moment speaks to good parenting. You know, it might not be perfect all the time, but you was like, listen, I got to I got to go take care of him real quick. And I can respect that because that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> I was like, damn, she ain't going to be on here when I get back. Because I was like, it's 15 minutes. I didn't take my phone with me to text you or nothing. So I was like, I came back. You were still here. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> sleepy. He needed to um, be rocked to sleep. And he's pretty strong. So I had to break a sweat putting him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be here huffing like. Need <laughs> some water. Yeah. So what is it like raising a son as a black father? I'll say one thing. This is funny because he has a lot of hair. A lot of people think he's a girl. He's like, how old is she? I'm like, he is two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's one thing I have to deal with as a black father. But as a black father raising a black son, I feel like I'm raising a, a young king out here. You know what I'm saying? They... He's big for his age, so people get surprised when I say that he's two because he mm-hmm. really think he's three or something. I've seen three-year-olds, and he's like the same height as them. I thought he was three. I don't know why I didn't. I was like, y'all just had baby boy. I don't know why I didn't equate the fact that he was only two, but his hands and everything are big. <laughs> yeah, I got big people on my side of the family. She got big people on her side of the family, so I guess... He took on those jeans. I was big for my age until like a certain age, and then I stopped growing. Oh, <laughs> but down, yeah, yeah. But a black son is a beautiful thing, you know what I'm saying? You raising a black man, you raising him to be a black man, and to not be a menace to society, things of that nature. You want him to be the best black man he can be out here. So that's what I want for my black son. When I think when I think about black fathers and how they relate to their sons, I mean, to their daughters, too. But since we're talking about sons, we'll speak to how do you go about um, not projecting your personal beliefs on who he is? Right. So I think a lot of parents get into a, a state where they want their especially their, you know, a child who is the same uh, gender or sex in their mind to emulate who they are um, or who they were as a child and who they will be as an adult. How do you go about trying to make sure that you don't project your belief systems on him? And is that possible not to project on him? Shit, I got a perfect example. You may not have been talking about this, but I, I, uh, I buy by a certain diet. I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef. So I don't try to push that on on my kids, either one of my kids, but I let them eat whatever they want, whatever they feel like they want to eat, and they can eat that. If they choose, they want to be pescatarian, pollocarian, pollo pescatarian, and things of that nature. So even vegan, I let that be their choice, and they can eat whatever they want. Wait, pollo, uh, pollo, uh, uh, what you said is you can eat chicken. <laughs> That's how you eat. Yeah, pollocarian okay. is chicken is the only meat you eat. Pollo. Chicken and turkey, things like that. Pollo pescatarian is chicken and fish and turkey. So I consider myself a pollo pescatarian because I eat chicken and fish. Yeah. I eat poultry. You know, pollo, poultry. Yeah. So I eat poultry and fish. Huh. I 
never knew that. I'm sorry. That just threw me off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so you said you you allow them to choose for themselves. And if they, you know, at some point want to, you know, follow daddy's footsteps and try out, you know, your your diet and your uh, healthy eating, they can. Mm-hmm. And as far as any other thing, like as far as any whatever else they may like, uh, that's that's their choice too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're gonna love them the same. I might not be a fan of those choices, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to respect certain choices. You know what I'm saying? Because they're still my kids. I'm still gonna love them unconditionally. Right. So with a uh, baby boy being your first child, how did you feel for the first time realizing that you were about to become a father? Uh, our families and stuff, they was already like trying to speak that into existence. So they was they was already ready for that step to that chapter in life to come. But once I found out they can, I was like, damn, this shit really about to happen. Like <laughs> I didn't believe it till like we went, went to the doctor and we saw ultrasounds and shit like that. I was still like, I got to see it to believe it. So once I saw that, I was like, damn, really. Really got one on the way for real. <laughs> How did you feel the first time you saw that ultrasound? Man, I was like, it's really, it's really happening because you know, I really don't show excitement, things like that. I was like, damn, this is really about to happen. I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm ready, I'm ready to see, I'm ready to take on this responsibility for real. Right. Even though baby girl is fairly young, uh, has there been any differences? Dealing how you deal with her as opposed to your son? Yeah, she uh she has a different diet she has to go by or to make like her skin break out and things like that. So there's certain things we have to do with her that we have to, didn't have to do with our son, you know what I'm saying? So she got she has to use specific formula mm-hmm. you know, or it might give her gas or it might break her out. So that's one of the differences between my son and my daughter. Right. She needs a little more TLC as far as what she gets fed. Now, black fathers and their daughters usually have like a very special bond. Um, do you for have? Do, are you going to have trouble in your own words, like when she gets older and she starts becoming a woman? You know. I'm, I might have trouble, but I got to think about it. Like, you mean when she's older, like an adult or? Teenage years. That's usually when, you know, you know, they go through puberty and starts to interest boys. And I don't mean that to sound weird trying to expedite her growth. I just, um, I'm asking to see where your mindset is, you know, and if it's different um, compared to, you know, your son and, and how you think about his growth. I'm not one that say I'm going to have a shotgun and shit for them. <laughs> I'm first trying to date my daughter. I mean, that, that's part of life. But um, I'm still ain't gonna I ain't gonna be with the bullshit. I was saying none of that. What's the bullshit? None of that bullshit ain't gonna be all extra extra now. Nah, none of that. We ain't gonna have none of that. None of that extracurricular stuff. Going now wait, are you keeping that same energy with with baby boy? I mean, he ain't gonna be all acting crazy either. For real, for real. You know what I'm saying? But you know, they gonna do. Teenagers gonna do what teenagers gonna do, but you gonna yeah. respect you gonna respect my authority. <laughs> <laughs> Lay down the law, got it. <laughs> so you said that your father wasn't as active as he could have been in your life. Were there any other like black figureheads or mentors you had that really impacted your development? 
Hmm. I mean, not not really. I had I had stepdads, some stepdads growing up, a couple stepdads, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't I don't really feel like they they instilled anything that I can specifically remember to this day. Like I don't think they left a huge impression on anything I have going on, you know what I'm saying? Because I was a badass kid as a teenager. So what do you mean you were bad? What made you so bad? I don't know. I guess it was just seeking attention. I was doing like disrespecting teachers, things of that nature. That's like middle school years. I went to alternative school. I got kicked out of alternative school. I had to go to another alternative school. Oh, you was that kid in the khakis. No, they had, yeah, alternative school didn't have uniforms back then. That's like 2004. Mm. I was in Florence. And then I went to another one called Choices. I went there. You had to wear like camouflage pants, boots, the black boots. Now you had to wear that and you had like a tan t-shirt and they had like, so it says charter school on the like logo. It had like the logo on the shirt, shit like that. So, so yeah. you, you were really into the, the, the school to prison pipeline. Cause that's really what it is. Why are you treating children like miniature soldiers and inmates? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that, but I got my shit together at some point. So I am where I am today. I didn't, never been to prison, never been to jail, none yeah. of that. That's a blessing. So are there any mentors at this point in your life that you can call on to help you through the experience of your Black fatherhood? I mean, if need be, there's a couple people that I came up with that mentored me on the military side that I can call for advice on fatherhood, things of that nature. I feel like they'll be open to give me any advice that I would need. So most definitely I say, yeah. So what's been the hardest thing that you've had to, um, I guess, experience as a father? Just realizing that it's not, not always about me. It's more about the child. It's more about the child's well-being first. So that's one thing I had to learn. It's just, I can't just go out here and go to this place and go to that place. I got to think about, the needs of the child and the family first. Right. Now, with that first being said, do you do any, like, self-care to make sure that you're healthy to provide the things that they might need? Self-care as far as, like, any self-care? I don't know. I mean, if it, if you feel like it's self-care for you, then, yeah. Well, we actually got a couple massages not too long ago, so that's a form of self-care right there. How was it? Was that your first massage? No, nah, it wasn't my first massage, but... This was a guest we had on our show, episode 128. She's a licensed massage therapist. So mm. she's breaking down like the benefits of different massages. So when I was getting massaged, she'd tell me, you got like build up in this area, whatever you want to call it. I got like, I need more pressure on these areas, things of like that. So she was really schooling me. Like I really need like a deep tissue and things like that. Yeah. Just a regular sweetest massage is just tipping the surface. You really need to get up in there and get that get that <laughs> gotta get, gotta get, <laughs> kink down, get them kinks out of there. So, Listen, up. I go to spy Danny like once a month or I try to once a month and every time she pushes at me because my the back of my shoulders and my neck is my problem areas. So she I get down. it. She even realized like I had issues with my wrist and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to tell her. She could tell just by laying hands on me that I had issues with my wrist, which I do. She'd be hurting sometimes. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, she really the truth out here, for real. Yeah. Uh, therapies and Therapies, Miss Brittany Brown. If you ever in Houston, go to uh, Therapies and Therapies. 
Shout out to her. Yeah, shout so, out to Spa Danny too, Florence, South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Spa Danny oh, experience. Spa Danny always gets to the shout out. She got a whole commercial on It'll be a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to take no sign from the commercial, but damn, shout out to Spa Danny for self mm-hmm. <laughs> So, any other form of self care that you do that you feel like helps you um, feel more energetic and able to give more of yourself to your family and your kids? I feel like. At one point, I was cycling a lot, but it got cold, so I put a pause on that. But the weather's back warm, so I'm going to get my bike back uh, together. I just need to put some air in the tire, shit like that. Listen, just my tire been out for like three months, and I am itching <laughs> to go for a ride. I'm ready to get back out there, but it was raining like crazy around here. So I'm like, damn, I go out there, I'm going to get cut in the rain. and mm. I ride like 30 miles, shit like that, so I'll be a long way from my truck. I'll be like, damn, I'm stuck. I just... I have to keep riding in the rain or something. <laughs> uh, I do about six, <laughs> but I, I, it is a, a great release. So, okay, what are you doing in the winter months then? I was hitting the gym heavy too, but sometimes I, I get I go hard in the gym for a couple months, then I I take off for a couple months. It's just something I've been doing. It ain't like I don't want to go. I just I was like, shit. Do you got time for it? Yeah, it's like other stuff I need to be doing. So, yeah, those are some of the things, self-care. Fitness, physical fitness, getting massages, things of that nature. Right. I think that when I talk to people, of course, I'm not a parent, and so I don't try to project my beliefs on nobody. But I think one of the conversations that I usually have with parents is the realization that, you know, you have to be healthy as a person to give yourself, you know, in a healthy manner to your children. And to, you know, if you have a partner, to your partner as well. And one of the ways you do that is to remember that you are still a person and to do, you know, to feed yourself when you can, how you can in in a way that doesn't take away from the family, but that will, you know, add and invest, you know, in it by you just being your best self. Yeah, I feel like a little quick getaway is a good form of self-care as well. But, you know, sometimes that's not always an option. Right. I love my solo trip. So I encourage everybody to like, when they can, you know, go about it that way. But how is parenting beside a spouse? Like, how is your, what does your partner think about your fatherhood? He tells me all the time I'm a good father, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm right there with him, like out there joking around with him, playing with him, having him do pull-ups or try to do (laughs) pull-ups. You know what I'm saying? My, my daughter, I'm right there. I'm right there with her, making her laugh, making her smile. That's the most beautiful thing when you see her smile, because I remember when she didn't smile yet, but then now she's smiling and giggling, things like that. So, beautiful thing. Baby girl got me right around her finger. Yeah. <laughs> baby boy, he don't rock with me too much. I'm like, I'm with him over maybe one day. But baby girl, I, I was just like, yeah, I was, it was like 10 minutes. I was just having her like smile at me. Um, and I can see, I, I'm like, if I feel like this as a person has no, you know, other ties to the child other than, you know, you know, knowing you, I can only imagine how it feels to be a parent. Such a beautiful experience, I can imagine. And I get that that would make you want to be your best self and make you want to show up and, you know, provide whatever that child might need. And I'm glad I was able to be there physically for both of their births. I actually was right there seeing everything, like everything. I was like, 
<laughs> Wait, what was that like for you? I mean, some people say they like pass out and shit like that, but it didn't phase me. I I wanted to see that. Like I saw like when they was on the way out, like, damn, they got a lot of hair, things like that. <laughs> you can see the head coming out the, you know, I ain't gonna get it all that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched their birth, both of them, live birth in person right there the whole time. That's amazing. I know a lot of fathers opt to either stay in the waiting room or if they they are in the room. A lot of times they're the ones that the, the nurses have to rush to because like you said, they about to pass out. Or <laughs> but it's always funny because it's just like, you know, that I think that's one of the ways like men can understand exactly what, you know, women and mothers go through is to actually see it <laughs> in person. I mean, we're not getting none of the physical pain that they're going through, but we actually seeing what they're going through and know that they're going through some pain. So you just got to be there holding their hand, things of that nature, tell them everything. It'd be over in a few minutes. You know what I'm saying? Just be right there the whole time. Show up. You got to show up. Show up. What do you hope to do differently uh, with your children, children than other fathers? Like, what do you see that you don't agree with that other fathers may be doing or have done? Being just financial, I feel like, like I said earlier, you shouldn't be just financially supporting them. You need to be there physically, you know what I'm saying? Hands on. Goddamn, while they down, showing them the alphabets, you know what I'm saying? Encouraging them, encouraging them when they get the right letter right, the right shape right, the right color right, be there for them, you know what I'm saying? Being there, not just financially, that's one thing. And yeah, not being absent, not uh saying you're going to come through and you don't come through. That's another thing. I don't want to say I'm going to come through for something with my kids and don't come through. I want to be there because my father, he missed my high school graduation, my college graduation. Shit crazy. And it I is wanna, crazy. I don't want to be that guy to yeah. miss my kids' graduation. That's definitely important. Um, no matter how stoic you may be as a person, you want your parents to show up for you. I think that's just a bond that everyone longs for. And so when you don't get it, it definitely damages some some part of you and you have to, you know, continuously heal from that. So to to know your own experience with your parent or with your father and to actively try to be different is exactly what your children need, you know, for you to, like you said, show up and to make sure that you aren't you're there for the small stuff and the important stuff. You might not be there for every single thing, but actively trying is what separates you from a lot of people out here. So birthday parties, all that. I didn't have uh, birthday parties like that, but I'll be there for the birthday parties with my kids for sure. I think that's why a lot of, in my mind, I think that's why a lot of men aren't big on birthdays just because they've never had anyone make a big deal out of it. And also because, you know, that father might not have been present in their life to to show them how to celebrate themselves in a real way. And so, you know, women, we do it all the time. We'll go all out for our birthday. <laughs> I know I go all out for mine, but I just, um, a lot of times it's, it's just, even with like Christmas and stuff, you know, any kind of holiday, I think it's always a foreign concept for men to like truly and honestly celebrate themselves. And so having a black father that's stepping into that and that's encouraging their children to celebrate themselves is always needed. Most definitely, I agree with you 1,000%. <laughs> <laughs> How do you view your, your own personal 
fatherhood style, like your your parenting style? I feel like my fatherhood style is dope, you know what I'm saying? Um, especially with me being more hands-on with it, I'm giving them baths, so I know I'm a bath-giving expert now for the kids, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really want to give the youngest one a bath because I felt like I was going to mess up but now I actually when it did stick out the tubs, I, I actually did it one day. I was like, it ain't that hard, really. I just just gotta do this, do that. So and she like getting bad. She like getting the water put on her and things like that. So I just enjoy taking care of my children. For real. Like my father's style is dope. For real. I like that. I don't do no spanking or none of that. I just like try to deal with it another way if they wanna disagree with something I'm telling them to do. So, so you leave it up to mom to be the dictator. <laughs> I be like, you want to fight? He's like, no. I'm like, well, let's do that. <laughs> saying, I ain't gonna really gonna fight. Him. I might just like put my little dude so with him. But I'm like, you want to fight? I'm like, no. I will do this. Right. Do you expect your parenting style to change as they get older? I mean, it could change based on how they're acting or what their needs are. It could change good for what they have going on. What is one mistake you're afraid of making as a father? One mistake I'm afraid of making as a father is losing my kids from some dumb decision that I make. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that to happen. So I just need to make sure I'm doing what I need to do outside of the fatherhood. You know what I'm saying? I mean, make sure I'm doing what I need to do. Can you hear me good? Yeah, it was glitching a little bit, but I can hear you. Okay, yeah, I need to make sure I'm doing what I need to do outside of the fatherhood so I can still have access to my children. They can still be here. I can still be at home with them. That's one of the biggest fears I have is losing them, being on child support. That's one of the biggest fears. For the, being on child, <laughs> being child support. Because you feel like you want to be a father that's in the home and that's active every day. Yes, in the home right there. I come home and they're right there. I don't want to have to do none of that visitation. I don't want to have to go through any of that thing. So I just need to make sure I'm doing what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no child support, no visitation, custody battles, none of that. I don't want to have to deal with none of that. Those are my fears. What's one thing you're currently proud of as a father? I'm proud of these beautiful kids we have. You know what I'm saying? These some good-looking children we got over here. So <laughs> They are gorgeous. Your babies are gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, that's... Those are my proudest and that they are born healthy. They have 10 fingers, 10 toes. You know what I'm saying? Those are my proudest moments because everybody not lucky enough to have that. So you you discussed the reaction from your family when they first found out you were going to be a father. They were encouraging it already. But what about your friends? What were their reactions when they found out you was going to be a father for the first time? Hey, my friends was... Uh, excited too you know we got a little group message my closest friends I got like four really close friends we got group message I got a couple other friends you know what I'm saying and definitely they were excited it was excited to know the gender excited to know due date things of that nature I actually made my partner Mr. Gualami's world the godfather of my first child you know what I'm saying so he's godfather so you know he has a, a bond there and I made my my homie Vonte and my homie uh, he, my daughter had two guys. Uh, my uh, bro Joseph, I went to basic training at AIT with him, and I was the best man in his wedding. And I made him the Godfather. And Vonte, we was roommates in college, shit like that. I made him the uh, the Godfather of my daughter. Oh, that's 
That's amazing. So you so they were supportive. I know um sometimes we we see where friends kind of grow apart because the the friend that does have this family now is not as available, you know, or they might not be supportive or understanding of the responsibilities as a father. So for you to have that support system, um, I think is an essential part of being a healthy black father because you are you have healthy people surrounding you in your journey. Most definitely the support is real, the encouragement is real. I love the support. Ain't nobody out here on no hating shit. So it's all love. Love. No hate. So how has your outlook on life changed based on your fatherhood? Hey builders, I'm back with another announcement. As you know, you can visit letsbuildfeatures.com for blog posts and podcast episodes, but you can also now go to YouTube and type in LBF Podcast to get the full visual and audio episodes. That's right. You are able now to see my awesome face (laughs) and all the lovely faces of my guests from previous episodes and future episodes. So be sure to type in LBF Podcast on YouTube and continue to listen for the rest of this episode. It's, it comes ties back to what I was saying earlier. Like, it's not all about me. So that's my outlook on life. I got to think about the the best thing for the kids and things that I do, the best thing for the family as a whole. So that, that's how my outlook of life is. Now I got to think about, I can't, I can't volunteer for the employments and things like that. I need to be here with my kids. If I get forced to do things like that, then that's, that's that. that with it so but I can't just be out here going on business trips I mean like work trips things like that I gotta think about the family first so it's something that you've been having to adjust in your own life to make sure that I think even in in regular situations we'll forget that we're not just individuals anymore and that we have to account for things uh outside of just ourselves and, you know, you're speaking to that by saying, like, OK, I can't just make this decision just because I think it's a good decision to make. I have to think about how it's going to affect my family. I have to think about my partner. I have to consider the totality of my actions. Yeah, sometimes I had trouble with that, but I learned more and more along the way that I got, I really got to consider the family first in decisions. Yeah. For sure. I can refer back to so many funny things my dad used to say. What is something you find yourself saying that's funny when you're frustrated as a father? I'm frustrated. I, I say shit a lot. I'm like shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 probably my favorite word to say. Like when it's some bullshit going on, shit. <laughs> oh God, I I can see you like as. The babies get older, coming into your own like personal sayings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I probably got other sayings, but I, I probably don't realize it. But yeah, I think something that involves the word shit is going to be said <laughs> for sure. So what life lessons do you hope to instill in your children? The life lessons I hope to instill in my children are be the best person you could be. You know what I'm saying? Don't... uh. Don't try to be a follower. Don't try to be like everybody else. Be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because I found myself being a follower at one time when I was in school, grade school, things like that. I had some leadership qualities as well, but I was doing some shit that fit the characteristics of a follower too. So don't be out there being a follower. Be your own person. Be strong, strong strong-minded, strong-willed, things of that nature. That goes for both of them. Mm. 
Yeah, dope advice. And a good a good way to start is to, you know, like you said, just you're going to allow them to be themselves and you're going to encourage them to do that in whatever space they find themselves in. How has the way you express love, I know you say you don't express emotions, but how has the way you express love changed because of your children? And I'm, I'm expressing it more, I would say, because dealing with kids, they need that, they need that, uh, nurturing and things of that nature so baby girl i'm holding a charisma i'm talking to her like hey hey <laughs> i make her smile if she down i know she not in the best of moods i still try to make her smile same thing with my son you know what i'm saying i'm trying to be sure they're in the best of moods so those are the things that you have to do right there as far as do you think you're ready for teenage children <laughs> I, I don't have no choice but to be ready i know it's gonna be a while but I'll be even more ready when that time comes because I'm gradually dealing with them growing up and reaching that point of teenage teenage years and puberty, things of that nature. And they're going to be teenagers at the same time, which is interesting. (laughs) Do y'all want any more kids? I I, I believe we are, we got the best of both worlds. So I think we, we done with kids. It ain't like we, we're trying to do it on purpose, you know what I'm saying? But we got the best of both worlds. She want she wanted to have a girl for sure. We got the boy and the girl, so yeah, I think we good to go. <laughs> we gonna focus on this real quick, and that's it. <laughs> no. Um, what progressive parenting have you seen from Black fathers? Progressive. Let's 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 define progressive in this in this sentence that you. So have. for for this, I mean. Uh, parenting styles that are not traditional so that challenge like you said those gender roles are that challenge maybe even gender identity that challenge a lot of the things that we hold on to um in our own personal beliefs and then you know do that in our parenting what progressive parenting have you seen for black fathers Relax, heal, and embrace a better you. Spa Danny offers quality yet affordable massages customized just for you. Let Danny create a space for you to hit the pause button. Who doesn't need that at the start of 2021? Why not start today? You can call or text at 843-687-2079. That's 843-687-2079. Seven, nine. You can also message her on her business page at spadanny underscore on Instagram or follow her on Facebook at spadanny LLC. You can also book online at spadannyexperience.com. That's spadannyexperience.com. Treat yourself, be good to yourself, and let 2021 be a whole vibe. I see fathers doing their daughter's hair, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's progressive right there because I don't know how to do that. I, I, uh, my son got his hair braided when I went to the barbershop. There's a uh, barber slash beautician in there. So she got the braids on point. He got the Nipsey braids right now. You know what I'm saying? He had the pop smoke braids two weeks ago. I got he the- did. <laughs> so... I see fathers doing their kids' hair, their daughters' hair, things of that nature. So that's that's progressive, in my opinion. Yeah. My dad used to do my hair. He, I mean, he wasn't great at it. I remember one time he put rubber bands 
in my head so tight, like my mom had to cut it out. <laughs> but he used to attempt, you know, and I still remember that I had to be about three, um, very young, but I still remember it because it was such a special moment for me and it was different, you know. I had, my mom used to always do my hair. So for him to, you know, occasionally do, it was always just, you know, something, something special for me. And I still hold on to that memory. So I think when you have fathers who are being progressive in their parenting, it does create a different kind of bond with the children. But to be like, hey girl, <laughs> you gonna be the first one coming home with a little girlfriend. I remember my, uh, like I said, I'm not a parent, but I have nieces and nephews. And so, um, it's, it's been an interesting experience seeing the development between the girls and then the boys and seeing how they relate to each other and how, you know, they're, they're coming into their own as their own people. And so the first time my nephew said he had a little girlfriend, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was he when he said that? I think he had to be about four and it was some little girl in his class. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, um, but even on this side of it, like I'm, I have to challenge myself. I have my niece, she's adamant about join, joining the military. And for a long time, I was against it. I can't say I'm still for it just because I'm just so protective of them. But I can see how parents can can project their own values and belief systems about how things should be until on unto children and I try not to do that as you know aunt <laughs> I'm honest I remember kissing girls in like preschool I remember first time I kissed a girl it was like I was four years old she kissed me on the bus I was like what am I supposed to do um, I don't know <laughs> I had my first kiss in kindergarten no preschool preschool yeah, yeah see Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, we was fast. <laughs> like, no, we were curious. I think that's what it was more than anything. I mean, it wasn't like um, any sensual or sexual or anything. It was just like, I like this person. Um, I know when we like each other or we love each other, my parents kiss me. So I want to go kiss this person because I like them. <laughs> so. Yeah, it happens. I ho hopefully it don't happen with my kids, but I mean, I'm saying they happen. You got kids, so why Jada can't get kids? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so what advice would you give first-time fathers who are looking forward to welcoming their first child into this world? I say be there for the birth. That's the advice I give. No matter how you might feel, being there in the hospital with them when they're going through labor before the, before the actual birth and after the birth, that, that, uh, the mother will really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. If you are on good terms with the mother, be there during the birth, you know what I'm saying? That, that's my advice for the fathers out there, the black fathers. Right. So during this journey, um, how has your relationship changed based on like your parenthood? My relationship with my parents or what do you mean? No, with your spouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I say we, we got we got married like before our children were born. So I say we already had lived together. So I feel like everything was the same because we already knew our, our living styles and things like that. We both clean people. So we didn't have to deal with things like that. That was a big part. <laughs> but uh, 
I think I had trouble like waking up, like when she always had to wake me up to go get a bottle, things like that. Still to this day, she just wake me up to get a bottle unless she unless she go get it. So those are some of the things. But I don't feel like we class or anything uh, other than what I was saying before. But I, yeah. I uh, realized I need to be accountable for that. So I did what I need to do with being more hands on. Yeah, I I talk to a lot of women who are um, parents and the ones that are still with the father of their children. Um, often they'll say that they feel like the bond got stronger based on that parenthood. Um, just seeing how the dynamic is with that, that Black father and his children and seeing that, you know, it's a softer side, I think, comes out in men when they're in that fatherhood that we don't necessarily get to see sometimes. <laughs> and then they can take that, what they learn from their parenting into the relationship and just nurture it, nurture it in a different way based on that experience. So that's why I asked that question because I just want—I was curious. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm open, but denied. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to offer this conversation about, like black fatherhood, um, based on your experiences or your knowledge of it? I say, I think another question you had: What compliments do I get outside of like? Oh yeah. I get a lot of compliments of the looks of the kids, that uh that they're beautiful kids. Like they call my son beautiful thing like that. He is. Dude, baby boy is gorgeous. Like his eyes, his his eyelashes, like it's just like okay. <laughs> yeah, they uh they say we look alike. I don't, I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But, hey, I guess we might look alike. That's my kid, so now. <laughs> that might. Things like that. So, yeah, uh, parenthood is great. If you, uh, yeah, parenthood is great. I ain't going <laughs> No, it's good. I just want to make sure I covered everything because, I mean, that's all the questions. But, I mean, during this conversation, I, I think that Black fathers don't get their day enough. Right. It's always this argument about we go all out for Mother's Day and then Father's Day come around and y'all get a tie and some socks. <laughs> hey, Father's Day is. Hey, Father's Day is important, too. It is important. Black fathers are important. They're very important. One thing I didn't ask that I just thought of was um, with everything going on in the race relations in the country. How is that experience being a black father? Do you worry at all? Man, it was some shit going over here, out here in Texas. Like, I was like, shit, it's really fucked up. It's like some Trump trains and things like that. It's like, that's like during the election time. So it's like, uh, like a parade of Trump supporters. I'm not saying they're all racist, but, you know, racism might come with that because there was some some other flags that I saw in articles where they was like, had the Black Lives Matter flag dragging it on the, on the ground. They had it hanging on. So it's things like that involved with the Trump train. They call it Trump trains around here. So I've seen some crazy, that's the craziest thing I've probably seen around here is these Trump trains. It's like 200 cars, like mm. big Trump flags, other flags, and they just riding through the city. They down have police escorts sometimes and all. So that's something like She's crazy. Do you worry about specifically like maybe your son and being and raising him in an environment that might be against I, him? 
I'm gonna have to let them know that everybody ain't everybody ain't gonna like you, and it could be before it could be because what you look like. I, I I'll have to let them know that, but right now he sees no color. So yeah, and I'm not against any color. I just gotta let them know that we're this color, and some people don't like this color because. They just don't like this color. They was just raised like that. So yeah. I, I definitely have to let them know that when he gets older, things of that nature. But I'll definitely also show him how to protect himself and protect what he loves. Mm-hmm. I think that when I asked the, did Black fathers have a different kind of responsibility than other fathers, that was kind of what I was um, alluding to, um, thinking about how you raise a child in in a country that is racist, basically. Um, And how do you allow them to have something like a childhood without exposing them to those things too early? But sometimes I feel like it's not within our control um, that we have to have those conversations and, you know, early on in their childhood. Because I still worry about my nephews, especially because me doing my research and everything and my education, it lets me know that, you know, black children, especially boys, are not allowed to be children. Um, by the age of like seven, they're looked at as a threat. So, man, that's heavy. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, heavy. <laughs> heavy. Real heavy. <laughs> oh man. Aside from that, on your podcast, on the fourteen hundred nine podcast. Um, has this been a discussion that y'all have or had any any guests alluded to black fatherhood or fatherhood in general that you would like to plug? Hey, you know what? That'd be a great topic for 1409 because I was just on a, a podcast out in San Antonio last night and two of the hosts on there are black fathers. So we definitely got to get them on our pod. Socially, shout out to Socially Irresponsible, the podcast, you know what I'm saying? They're on a, uh, they a direct, well, they, they're going to be on the directory soon. They're not on there yet, but this got to do, you know, they got to do that stuff. So, but yeah, there's two black fathers. So definitely hearing from them would be dope as well. So that's definitely a topic that needs to be covered. Yeah, I would be interested in listening. Originally, I wanted to have multiple people that I was asking these questions, but sometimes, you know, stuff don't work out. But listen, (laughs) because I know everybody has a different experience and different things to say, but that's definitely something I see 1409 doing and doing it well and and inviting in an audience so that you can have like an interactive discussion about Black fatherhood. Yeah, most definitely. That'd be, that'd be dope. Like dope (laughs) as fuck. It will, because like I said, I just, it's not many spaces that Black fathers get to just talk about being a black father and to celebrate being a black father. And so in honor of Father's Day, you know, this episode is dedicated to all the men out there, specifically black men who show up and who show out for their children and who make sure that they are helping to develop good, sound and capable human beings in this world. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to all the black fathers out here, for sure, for sure. Shout out to all the fathers, you know what I'm saying? Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. If you ain't doing what you need to do, you need to be doing what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Take care of them babies. Take care of them. There's no reason why. They're gorgeous. Take care of them babies. (laughs) Even if they ain't gorgeous, take care of them. (laughs) 
you could you could get through a whole episode without being silly. <laughs> I had my bad. I had to put that. I had to put that in there. I had to. <laughs> oh, I just got hot. Oh god. Go ahead and um plug your stuff. <laughs> hey man, you know. I'm KT for fourteen oh nine podcast where we're bold bushes and blunt. You can follow us on Instagram at fourteen oh nine podcast, Twitter fourteen oh nine podcast. Make sure you tap in with our YouTube channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel fourteen oh nine podcast. All of that. All of, that. All of that. Follow me on Instagram at 843 Ambassador. Make sure you shopping with Express Clothing. I'm an ambassador for Express. So make sure you shop with that. They have clothes for men and women. And they can have great clothes. You just gotta know how to put that. You gotta know how to put that thing together. If you even if you don't know how to put it together, you still can have a dope, some dope attire. But I think I know how to put that thing together. <laughs> You're definitely dapper now. That was one thing I can say. I'm like, you had on the shirt um the other day. I was like. I would have never thought to like pick that shirt out for anybody, but that shirt is a nice shirt. So you definitely have a sense of style. And so, you know, please y'all like make sure that you are looking at some of the creative things that these people do on this podcast, (laughs) because it is something that you can tap into and make your own. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Tap in with that. Make sure you follow my partner, Gualamese World on Instagram at Gualamese World. Tap in with his music. On down all the streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Title, shit, he on Amazon Music, all that, YouTube, subscribe to his YouTube channel as well, you know what I'm saying? Just tap in, you know what I'm saying? Dope music, he's uh, very creative as well. Mm-hmm. Just tap in. And if you are a podcaster or a photographer or, photographer or a videographer or you have a clothing line, make sure you... Submit to our directory. It's absolutely free for now. So get it while it's free. Because once it's, once you get it while it's free, you don't have to ever pay. you just on there. And we don't steal any of your views and then all the all the things are clickable. All the icons are clickable and they take you to your platform. So I'm just saying, take you to your website, to your platform, everything like that. So let's tap in. So um, I know this is going off the black club of the thing, but... <laughs> In good 1409 fashion. So um, with the directory, you, you you are thinking about monetizing it one day. Um, how is how are you trying to, what's your vision for Gemini Media and 1409? But the vision once both of us get in the same location, we should, we will have studio situations set up. We are, uh, have studios available for people to use. There'll be memberships involved, but for non-members, we put that thing on peer space. Like people coming into town or people that just want to record every now and then, they can utilize our space for an hourly fee. You know what I'm saying? Peer space is the next big thing out there. So make sure y'all tap in with peer space as well. They're not paying me. I'm just saying that's no way to make money. It's like Airbnb, but they charge per hour. You can charge per hour on there for studio time, anything like that. Even like having the videographer or photographer space, that'll be something we incorporate in there as well. And non-members can use that on Peer Space too. They have the backdrops and the lights and everything like that. You just got to bring your camera mm-hmm. and your people that you are uh, taking pictures of with your products. It's definitely dope um, to see 
you know, where 1409 and Gemini Media started from and to see where you've gone, to see the setup you had in Houston where you did your own impromptu studio and you had a, a rotation and organized everyone to come in and speak. Um, you're definitely doing great things and I'm very proud of y'all. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> what he said? Doing great things as well. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm actually in the process of doing visuals and all that. We were talking about that before I pressed record. And so, um, yeah, you guys can check out YouTube. It's LBF Podcast on YouTube. And now I have a few episodes up that you can actually look at my face. Sometimes I'm cute. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> but the conversations are always good. Oh, not no Listen, um, you guys know me. I'm your host, Kay Antoinette, and you can follow me on Instagram at Antoinette underscore the blogger. You can also follow the Let's Build Futures page at let's underscore build underscore futures and visit letsbuildfutures.com for your blog post and podcast episodes. And like I said, visit the YouTube. Um, I'm st- it's still under construction, but there are a few episodes up that you can enjoy definitely a different experience when you can see facial expressions and you can see what's going on behind the scenes so already (laughs) until next time black fathers happy father's day and we're out